return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. So I'd like to start actually with a song because this entire message kind of downloaded in my spirit while we were singing the song. Now Jeannie... Several weeks ago, around after we were actually singing it on Father's Day in the service here when this all happened. And I asked Jeannie, what's the connection? Give me the, the website. And I had it. And last night when I was going to pull it up, they don't have it online anymore. So I spent an hour trying to find something that would be similar. So Jeremy's Fount is going to play it. And if you want to sing along, whatever, just hear it. You are holy. You are holy. Hallelujah. Can we just open up our mouths, believers of God?
praise God. We're going to put the lights back on. <clears throat> we love that song, yes? Whew. Praise God. So we were singing this song a few weeks back on Father's Day to be exact. <clears throat> and I, like I said, I got this major revelation while I was singing it that yes, our king is glorified. Yes, he is the glorified Jesus and his glory is above the earth. And he is worthy to be exalted and praised and adored. And forever we get to do that, yes? Praise him and adore him and worship him and glorify Jesus. But those of us who are in union with Jesus, how many of you is that? Friends, we are just as holy as Jesus. I know it's, it's such a shock to our system to hear that word. But we really are. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. 1 John 4, 17. We are also now surrounded by angels. Any angels accompanying you wherever you go? How about you? Hey, nobody? Come on, you are surrounded by angels. And when they see us, friends, they can't help but say, she's holy unto the Lord. Holy unto the Lord. Holy unto the Lord. They see us clothed in glory. They see us with this train of his robe filling his temple. Okay, we are the temple, is that right? Are you the temple? We are the temple. Now, the story about the the train is... There's this robe. The king, every king had his own robe. And every time they conquered another king, they would cut off a big section of the king that they just conquered and sew it onto his. So Jesus' robe, come on, how long is the train of his robe, guys? He has conquered, you name it. And listen, friends, that train should be filling our temple. Victory over addiction. Victory over poverty. Victory over sickness. Triumph over you name it. We have it in Jesus Christ. Is that right? And that train is filling our temple. And we are even now seated with him in heavenly places. Ruling and reigning with him in glory. I don't see smiles on your faces. You're all looking at me like, are you sure? Do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> Listen, friends, this is Bible. Hallelujah. Now, I'll admit, I didn't just get this whole download in 30 seconds while we were singing that song, or I guess more like two or three minutes. But for weeks, the Lord has been just, you know, giving this to me little by little. So I've got about eight verses I'm going to show you. Hopefully you're just all bursting at the seams by the time we're done here with this whole glory message. So here's the first one, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. We're going to read this in the Passion Translation. And now, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access to the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Now, friends, that means that we have equal access. Just look, at, look across the room. That person that you're looking at, they have just as much favor and access to the throne of God, to the Father himself, as you do. And, and equal access, the same amount that Jesus has. Now, I know that blows you away, but the Father looks at you through Jesus Christ. 
When he looks at you, he sees Jesus' righteousness. He sees Jesus' holiness. He sees Jesus' love and perfection. Just as much as Jesus himself has access to the Father, so do you. Verse 19, so you are not foreigners or guests. We should never be approaching the Father like a foreigner or a guest friend. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. But rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Glory to God. Verse 20, you are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. Whoo! You're rising. Are you feeling it? Hallelujah. We are rising. And your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. Friends, still very important in the kingdom of God are the apostles and the prophets. The apostles and the prophets. We have to be heeding them all. Best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. Verse 22, this means that God is transforming each one of you. We're missing verse 22. Did I not type that in there? I'm so sorry. This is the best part. (laughs) Okay, this means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. His dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. My goodness, friends, he's building us a temple unto the Lord. You individually, but us corporately. And we're rising together. God's taking us maybe all at a little bit different pace, but we're all getting up there. (laughs) We're all going to be joined together in Christ, and we're all increasing in the glory. And he's causing us to be the very holy of holies. That, that, That blows me away. Hallelujah. The most sacred place of his presence is you and me. Glory to God. I think most of us have the idea, the picture, that when we die, we're going to take on this immortal body, which we will, and then we'll live and abide in the glory. But I'm sensing, and I'm seeing that the God of glory, the God of glory, has glory for us right now in a way that we probably never even yet considered possible. So let's go to Romans 8, verse 30. Well, actually, we got to start a little further back. Let's start at verse 26. This is just such powerful scripture. Again, I think we're in the Passion Translation. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep, For words, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Always, friends, when you're praying in the Spirit or praying in English, it's always going to blend at the throne. Always God's desire mixed with our destiny. Hallelujah. So we're ready at verse 28, right? So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. 
woo, of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Verse 30, having determined our destiny ahead of time. King James uses the word predestinated. The father chose, determined ahead of time our destiny. And then he called us to himself. And then he transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, that's you, right? And me. Then he co-glorified us with his son. So what does all this mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me who then could ever stand against us. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. Glory, glory, glory. God is not withholding. If we're missing it, it's on our end, friends. It's not God's end. So back to verse 30, King James. It says, moreover, whom he did predestinate. I remember asking that question when I grew up in my Sunday school class. That teacher got, was so tired of me. I asked every week, what does this mean? Predestinate. I want to know what this means. Because the church I grew up in, they had said only certain people were going to heaven. That's not what the Bible's saying here. The Bible's saying that every human being on the face of the earth was predestinated to be like Christ. Then he called, and he's issued a call to everyone. Everyone. And whom he called them, he justified. And whom he justified them, he also glorified. Wow. So that means our Heavenly Father willfully chose from the beginning of time that every one of us would be conformed to the image of his Son. And then he went on with a plan for each of us to be called. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Everyone gets the call. Everyone has the call. The few that are chosen are the ones that say yes. Hallelujah. Not everyone says yes to that heavenly call. Everyone who says yes is justified, cleansed from all unrighteousness, declared righteous by the perfect blood of Jesus. And notice then what it says. If you have been called, you have been justified. If you have been justified, as far as God's concerned, you have already been glorified. Can we go back quick to Romans 8.30 in the King James? Because that's what it says. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. Praise God. That means it's on us, friends. The glory is upon us and in us and all around us. Okay, third verse. First Peter 2, verse 9. This will be from the Amplified Classic. You are a chosen. Well, mine must be different than yours, but that's okay. You are a chosen race, mine says chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's a reason why he chose you. There's a reason why he put in you kingship and priesthood. I mean, we are priests and kings unto God. Why? So we can show it out to God. God doesn't want it to be a secret anymore. <laughs> he wants the word out, friends. The Passion Translation says it like this. You are God's chosen treasure. He did this so that you would broadcast 
his glorious wonders throughout the world. This has always been his plan, friends. Exodus 34.10, the NIV says, Before all your people, I will do wonders. Never before done in any nation in all the world, the people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. And he's still doing it. Praise God. He wants to show out in our lives, in your life. I'm talking about the unprecedented, the unexpected, the supernatural, the glorious, that for which there's no explanation except the might and the power of God. That's supposed to be happening in our lives, friends, right now on planet Earth. Verse number four, Colossians 1.27. King James says it like this, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Passion Translation reads it like this. We'll back up to verse 26. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Friend, will you just stop and say that? Yes, yes, that's for me. That's for me. He wants it unfolded and manifested in your very life. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. If you don't get anything else out of today, please take home this expectation of glory. It's supposed to be happening, friend, when we sit with Jesus every morning. He wants to unfold and manifest his glory to us as individuals. When we're with our friends, it's going to spill out of you, friend. Hallelujah. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. We've got to unpack the surprise, friends, for people. Because a lot of people out there still don't know about it. <clears throat> he doesn't want it to be a secret anymore. He means for his glory to cover the earth. He means for the glory to cover the earth. How is that going to happen, friends? We are the vessels that carry the glory. we got to release it wherever we are, on our jobs, in our homes, in our neighborhoods. He means for his glory to cover the earth, for his healing and his favor and his power to be the talk of the town, for his goodness to be experienced. And it's going to happen through you and me. Verse number 5, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. <clears throat> now, I know when we start reading the first couple words, we often, of this verse, we just shut it off. Like, oh, I know that. I don't want you to do that. I want you to read it as if you've never heard it before. If any man be in Christ, the King James says it like this. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I must have made a mistake, Jeremy. It's okay. It must be on my end. It's got to be on my end. Jeremy doesn't mess up. <laughs> if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All the old, all the old, all the old. My humanity was nailed to the cross, friend. Then it says, behold, all things are new. 
Now, a couple weeks ago, Levi was talking about this word behold, and he said it had a pretty special meaning, and I'm thinking, really? I'm going to have to look that up. So I looked it up, and sure enough, you know what that behold means? It means to become spiritually aware, to become alive to what you see. So we need to ask ourselves constantly, am I walking around like a new creature? Am I walking in my divinity and my glory? Is the goodness of Jesus showing up in my life? Hallelujah. All right, here's verse number six, John 17, 22. We're going to read this one from the Good News translation. Jesus had only hours, just hours, before he was going to be crucified. He chose to spend those last hours with the Father. And here he is in the garden. He's got this lengthy prayer that we get to read about in John chapter 17. And one of the things that he said was, Father, I gave them the same glory you gave me so that they may be one just as you and I are one. The same glory. Doesn't that blow you away? The same glory. Now maybe you've heard teaching. As I heard about Adam and Eve in the garden, how they were dressed in the glory. And of course after they sinned, the glory lifted. And uh, they were hiding. And God comes to fellowship with them like he always did. And (coughs) he can't find them. them, And so, of course, God knew where they were. But he says, where are you? And Adam says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. Well, meaning he was dressed in the glory and now he wasn't. So they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. That didn't quite do it. (laughs) You know, that's really what made the enemy so mad. He wanted the glory. Isaiah chapter 14 talks about his His words, Satan's words, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the congregation of the mountain, sorry, of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights. I will be like the most high God. He got really annoyed when he saw the glory of God on human flesh. And that still annoys him to death. But you know what? He's going to see more and more. And more, because it's a getting ready to increase, friends. Okay, number seven, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. King James says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. I just want to draw your attention besides that glorious verse. <laughs> that little phrase, throughout all ages, that... The Greek is uh, genea, and the complete Jewish Bible actually translates it like this, from generation to generation forever. In other words, it's always been God's plan for the glory to be seen in the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Always, throughout the ages, in the midst of the worst persecution, in the darkest of times, in the heaviest of oppression, I'm telling you the glory is always going to continue. And how are we going out, friends, as the glorious church? Not the barely hanging on, surviving. We're going out as the glorious church. Okay, here's verse number 8. And this is the verse we started with, so let's just look at it a little bit better here. 
1 John 4:17 Here in us our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because this is why we can stand confident before Christ someday because as he is so are we in this world Hallelujah now any lover of Jesus every one of you have probably at some point asked God to please make you like Jesus I remember singing that song over and over and over and over to be like Jesus. But most of us are picturing the earthly Jesus. We aren't picturing the glorified, exalted, resurrected, powerful Jesus as he is right this moment. And that's the new picture I'd like you to take with you. Hallelujah. How did John see him? He saw him with his hair white like snow, his eyes like flames of fire, his feet like burnished brass, his voice like the sound of a waterfall. Hallelujah. I mean, if we took this seriously, it would change our life. It really would. That we are supernatural beings. That we are clothed with the same glory as Christ Jesus. Invisible, yes, but genuine, for sure, although we are, the glory is invisible maybe to those of us in the room, although if you looked really hard at your neighbor, you could see the glory. You could see the glow. You would sense the love and the peace. But friends, the demons of hell perceive the glory on you. They see it and they tremble. The angels, like we started with tonight, they see the glory on you. And they're just, they just love it. <laughs> Because you are like Jesus. And Father, that's our desire. Lord, Lord of glory, majestic king of the universe, we are in awe of this union that we have, this mystery of Christ that's in us, the hope of glory. Father, put it on display, the same glory, the same goodness, the same power. May it be seen in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.